Welcome to another episode of the Get Optimized podcast. This is Chris, your host, and this is a podcast about craft beer, the craft brewery industry, and marketing. And I want to give a shout out today to all the folks that have started their business from zero, all the entrepreneurs out there, or the folks that are planning to do that and grow their brewery from zero to hero. It's a challenge, you know, to do that. And I know from personal experience, I've grown a couple of businesses from zero. My dad started a restaurant when I was younger and, and grew that from nothing, which is, you know, I certainly know what it's like to, to have that kind of challenge in your life. And uh, I want to give a shout out to the folks that are going through that or have gone through it. Now, we live in a day and age where social media is very important to running a business and important to the marketing strategy. And going from zero followers and zero following overall to something is certainly a challenge in and of itself. So I wanted to do an episode about how to do just that. How do you go from zero following and grow it in a way that's organic and thoughtful and uh, safe, right? Because you don't want to get banned and all those things as well. So that's why we have our next guest on. Prit hails from India. In fact, she's a top 100 marketer in India. She's known as the marketing nomad. And her and her business, she has helped tons of businesses in eight different countries grow from zero to hero, right? In fact, she has a book coming out called Zero to Four, and we're going to give away a copy of that book. So thanks for listening to the podcast. She was uh, down to do that for all of our listeners. Thanks to her as well. Check the show notes for a way to enter for that free book. But without further ado, I'm going to get us into the interview Enjoy. Hi, Chris. It's it's going amazing. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a nice sunny day here in Las Vegas. It's not as hot as it was over the weekend, um, which is great here. But we are definitely in summer. And uh, you're way you're way over in India today, <laughs> right? Yes, I am. I'm in Bangalore. It's in the southern part of India. We're actually heading into summer right now. It's full blown heat. <laughs> nice, nice. So you guys, do you guys get really humid where you're at? No, not where I'm at. Uh, but it does get, it does rain a lot during uh, July, August, and September, and a little bit cold in December. Of course, nothing compared to, um, you know, the winters in the uh, states. But yes, yeah, uh, I lived in Wisconsin for about five years, and you know, it was is terrible. <laughs> Winters are <laughs> awful. Uh, so, but the summers are great and the summers here are rough, but not no bad winters, but it's always nice to talk to somebody from another country. I love traveling and, uh, I love that we're all humans and we get to connect with each other on stuff. And, yes. uh, that's what we're going to try to do today is connect a bit. Cause you have such an awesome story of, you know, I'll, I'll let you tell it really, but like, you know, the story <laughs> I think is going to resonate with, with the people that listen to this podcast, because, you know, they've, they're starting for the first time. A lot of them are, they just have started and you've turned that into a success story and, and it's fantastic. So I want you to start by giving us, you know, your story of, of how you've gotten to where you're at now and where you started. If that's Thank okay. you, Chris. Yes, absolutely. And I think definitely my story will resonate because I think that my story fundamentally is about me finding my passion and making a career out of it, a career that I personally 
love and enjoy. So my story starts right when I'm in engineering. I actually do have an engineering degree, but when I was in second year of engineering, I realized that it was not for me. I really was not passionate about it. Even though I was curious about it, it just wasn't, I guess I would say, light my soul on fire if I have to be dramatic about it. And I really wanted a career, you know, I wanted to imagine the next 40 years of my life doing something that I absolutely loved doing. And around this time, my dad, he's a really typical Indian parent. He saw me lazing around the house during my summer holidays. And he said, you know, why don't you do something with your life now? You know, go get an internship or something. And I said, well, with the marks I have, no one's going to give me an internship. And then he laughed. But of course, that uh, snowballed into a conversation where I actually went to his office and he said, you know what, help my team out with the website, just figure out what's wrong with the website, some grammatical mistakes or, you know, punctuation, Just figure those out. And it started from that, you know, I started, uh, you know, in now we call it copywriting in marketing. But at that time, I had no idea this was even marketing. I, you know, figured out the website words, punctuation, then I slowly moved on to the aesthetic of the website, I kind of felt it was not really to in <laughs> total millennial over there. So I, you know, helped the team rephrase that. And then I helped them slowly on social media as well. I'm really good with writing. So I helped them frame a bit of the captions, try to understand their target audience. Of course, I didn't know all of these words back then. I just thought, oh, followers, you know, subscribers, those kind of things. Then when I finished my engineering degree, I said, nope, not for me. I'm not doing this. I did not apply to a single job, Chris. All I did was apply to universities in the U.S. I was in India at the time. And then I applied to <laughs> universities in the U.S. I said, I'm doing my MBA. I'm getting into business. This is not for me. I got nice. into Rochester Institute of Technology, which is upstate New York. I did my two-year MBA there. During my first marketing class, I'm sitting in the class. And my teacher, my professor, you know, she's asking questions just to gauge the knowledge of the class. And there I am, Chris. I'm answering every single question she's asking. And it's not, you know, stuff that you've read. It's just like marketing campaign from Coca-Cola 10 years ago or Maggie campaign three years ago. And for some reason, I knew these campaigns. I knew what they had done. And I was really surprised. I can even tell you what I was wearing that day. Like that memory is so etched in my mind because my entire career, that was like the pivoting point, I guess I would say. Wow. So that moment, I realized that all my life, I had basically absorbed information about marketing without even realizing what it was. And it was in that moment that I realized, hey, I've got a passion. And I think I owe it to myself to pursue this passion and see where it takes me. And thus began my journey. I got an amazing job at a top solar firm in New York. I think this was in 2018. And then 2019, basically, I had to convert my student visa into a work visa. You get about one year of student visa where you're allowed to work. You have to convert that. And unfortunately, it's a, or fortunately, it's a lottery process. And mm -hmm. I wasn't picked, you know, I, my visa was not processed. And it mm -hmm. was so heartbreaking because for an international student like me, basically, that means I have to get back to wherever I want, I mean, wherever I came from, or find another country, you know, basically apply for jobs. And I had just done the whole job search thing a year ago. And it's brutal out there, you know, the job yeah, market, exhausting, everything, right? it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I personally did not like it one bit. 
And there I was, I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, contemplating. It was absolutely devastating, painful for me. I was leaving behind a place that I called home for three years, my friends, my family, an amazing job. And it was around that time that I decided, well, I'm already at ground zero. Okay. I cannot go any lower than this. I am starting from scratch. What if I actually start something on my own? I mean, I had planned to do that like 10 years down the line, but why not do it now? If it doesn't work out, well, I'll try it for a year and then I can just go back on LinkedIn and apply for other jobs. But if I didn't give myself this opportunity to try something on my own, then maybe I would regret it. And I think through that pain, through that frustration, I think there was a glimmer of hope that I saw over there and I decided to take it. So around September 2019, I started putting my profile up on freelance platforms and I got one or two jobs. I thought I would just do this for a year and then see how it goes. But eight to nine months in, it was pretty clear that I was doing pretty well. And I decided to set up my company. That was in August 2020. I was in India at the time, but my company is in Claymont, Delaware. So I'm a digital nomad, basically location independent. And through this entire journey of discovering myself as an entrepreneur, I knew that there were two things that I was passionate about. One was marketing one was traveling and I thought, hmm, okay, I want to be a nomad. And I also like marketing, marketing, nomad, nomad marketing. And then that's when I called myself the marketing nomad. And that's what I am known as everywhere today. Nice. And that's basically my story. It's been three years since I started my entrepreneurial journey, two years since I started my company. And today I'm at a place where I'm a nano influencer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a YouTuber. I've worked with 60 plus clients over the last couple of uh, the last three years. What else? I'm soon to be author. I think August, my book is releasing. There's just so many exciting things that I'm doing. And I think that if I had not taken that chance back then, I think I would have regretted it. And through that pain came the best decision of my life. That's so cool. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. on that you. success. Not everybody makes it in the in the freelance world. I, I certainly am aware of what that's like. I freelanced for a while and uh, I still do now. I don't think you ever stop freelancing once you start because yes, you'll take true. you'll take business and people reach out to you and you just kind of work on these projects. But uh, you've clearly turned it into a success and you know you've got a passion for it. Congrats. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention too, you know, alike with you, you know, I started my call it collegiate career as a biology mm-hmm. student, I wanted to be a doctor pre-med the whole way. And in, in high school, I was like, oh, I wow. want to do science. And then, you know, a year and a half, two years in, you know, I, I discovered business and marketing and that's, that totally shifted my, my total perspective. So I was like, I want to be oh, in wow. business. And so I wasn't engineering, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was bio- biology. It's pretty, and, same. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah, the it's same, similar. you know, switching over. And I'm sure, I'm sure that your audience as well relates because if you have to start your own brewery, it means you're really, really passionate about it. And I think passion is one thing that all of us entrepreneurs, I think it unifies us. It does, you know, and you get addicted to it. And, yes. and uh, <laughs> funny enough too, I talked to a lot of brewery folks and a lot of people that are running breweries are engineers of sorts, either they're biological wow. engineers or they were engineers. Uh, I mean, cause the brewing process, like it takes a lot of engineering really you're like you're working with machines and timing and product efficiency and all these different things that are very related to that so again another similarity of you know your story and where you know our audience is at and that's i was like man i have to talk to prit because this is so cool (laughs) you know 
Now you back to kind of the marketing piece of this stuff. Yes. You've clearly been successful, successful with your clients. Otherwise you wouldn't see the success that you've seen. And I think, you know, based on what I've seen about you, a lot of what you help people with is like going from ground zero, you know, and yes. a lot of businesses do this breweries included, but like you start a business or you start, you know, a social account, you want to be an influencer or whatever, and you're starting from ground zero. And now you've got to grow this account. You have a mass following, you've got to amass customers. Like, how do you start? I mean, how did you start from zero? And, and you know, do you have any anecdotes from your clients? Like, okay, how did you grow from here? And, and where do you even begin? Yeah. So I think the first thing that I did was position myself. I think that was the most important thing for any business uh, or any entrepreneurs out there is how do you want to position your business? What exactly is going to be unique about your business? And that not just, you know, you understanding it yourself, you need to be able to translate that in your messaging, in how you talk to your customers, in, you know, maybe even the packaging of your beer, what you post on social media, I think that needs to translate there. And so if you're talking about social media in particular, I think that one of the first things that I did was set up uh, a specific Instagram account and make sure my profile was absolutely positioning myself the way I want it to be seen by my audience. Got it. So I, I want to unpack that positioning a little bit. Yes. Because I think this is super, super important. Uh, you you mentioned the word unique. And yes. like, I think that's very relevant with this industry because there's, you know, more and more breweries every year. Like I think a year and a half ago, it was like 8,000. Now we're over 9,000 breweries in the United States. And differentiation is it matters so much. Um, yes. Like, how do you figure that out, right? You know, what what is positioning and how do you discover what your differentiation factor, your unique factor is? So there are a number of ways that you can go about this. There is definitely going to be something unique about your brewery. It could even be the story. Like maybe you're a father-daughter company, you know, maybe you started even my story, for example. To me, it might seem not really that great that, you know, I did my engineering, I did my MBA. But to someone else, it seems pretty interesting. It seems very different. So I think digging up about your history, where you came from, where your, where the idea of your brewery started out with, you know, all of those are important things. That's one way to position yourself. The second way that you can position yourself is with the tone that you use. Are you more into fun? You know, what kind of audience do you want to attract? Do you want to attract people who are peppy? Do you want to attract maybe people from 30 to 45 years old? Do you want to attract people from 45 to 60 years old? There are different messaging there. There are different ways to position yourself to attract your audience. So one way that you can position yourself is through your own unique style, your own story, the other way is identifying who your target audience is and, you know, kind of reverse engineering that and figuring out what your style and your tone should be. So it works both ways. Love that answer. You know, I, I think that a lot of times uh, when you talk about marketing, you know, yes. we it's always like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? What is like the hack that you're doing on Instagram? Are you following accounts? Are you you know, going and following hashtags or using hashtags, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that like, if you think about the visual of an iceberg, you know, the tip of the iceberg is that piece. And I, I think you're touching on a topic that's like the bigger piece here is yes. like the strategy, who you are, how you want to talk, who you want to talk to. 
Uh, and figuring that out first yes. is a really, really important part of this picture. I, am I understanding that correctly with what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. So, but let's talk about the tip of the iceberg. There's got to be tactics, you know, and yes, what's absolutely. smart. And once you figure out your message, let's say you've got that, you know, I know who I am. I know who I'm talking about. What next? You know, how do you actually, you know, get this message out there from, from ground zero again? You know, you don't have a following to talk to, but like, you know, how do you get that following? Do you have any tips on, on that? Yes, so many. <laughs> I'm definitely going to share it with your audience, Chris. So nice. number one, okay, let's, um, um, let me take a platform. Um, let's take Instagram just so that, you know, it's, I'm not too vague and I can actually go into detail. Perfect. So when we are talking about Instagram, okay, and you've just started out, you have absolutely no followers. The first thing you have to do is fix your bio. Okay, that's the first thing that people see. Make sure that whatever we were just talking about, what makes you unique, maybe you're the number one person in your location, you're the number one brewery in your location, or you're a father daughter um, company, you know, whatever that may be, that is your unique selling point. That's what we call in marketing, make sure that you put it in your bio. Not just that breweries are usually location focused. So make sure you do put in your location, you know, whenever you are posting tag your location, that is super, super important. Because you never know who's looking at your location. It could be someone who's not even from your location looking at maybe a brewery near the area. So make sure that you are always tagging your location. That's super, super important for you. So these are the things that you would do in your bio. Make sure that whoever is watching your profile for the first time, they know exactly who you are, what's unique about your brewery, and why they should follow you. That's super important as well. The next thing that we come under is the highlights section. And this is definitely something that I see most businesses, not just breweries, but most businesses, they kind of lack in this department because they're not sure what to put in their highlights. So for that, Chris, I definitely have a few suggestions for your audience. This is great One. because I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen an account and I look at highlights and they're like from last year. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Absolutely. So give us your tips on the highlights for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, if you are a brewery, most likely you're going to have tons and tons of events. Make sure you're documenting those events. Put those up as your highlights. So highlights are basically stories, but stories stay for 24 hours. Highlights, you can keep them forever. So the more you get people excited that, hey, you know, we actually do conduct these events. Maybe it's those silent discos, you know, (laughs) whatever they may be, whatever events that you're putting up, make sure that you do tell people about it because the events that you've done prior, they might be interested and that means they're more likely to follow you. Frequently asked questions are a great way, you know, if people want to find out what kind of beer that you are selling or what is it that you actually do, what are the services that they can get, what kind of food they can get, put your menu up there as well. You never know who's looking for what information. Then there can be guides as well. You know, um, if you want to give more information about how a brewery actually works with pictures of your own brewery, you know, behind the scenes of what's happening, that's also a really good Um, way, then most breweries do have their own merchandise. So maybe you want to put a small highlight about shop, you know, about your shop, then your lab, your research, your brewery behind the scenes, what's actually happening? How does it actually happen? And then information about your beer. I'm pretty sure that you would have maybe at least three or four different types of beers, right? So make sure. Yeah, at least, right? Uh, I think you're going to have a lot as as the brewery. And the, the thing with this too, and I'll take a quick tangent on it is this is such a great topic is, is the beer piece. A lot of 
breweries, like they change beer frequently, but typically yes. there's like a few that are core. Like you're going to have mm-hmm. your four to six beers that you always have all year. And that's a great position for a highlight. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause it's like, yeah, you don't need to update every single beer that you do. Cause you're probably yes. going to do a hundred throughout the year, but um, the core ones, absolutely. Great call. And I think when you're giving information about your beer, it helps to um, put it out there. Like who would most likely enjoy this kind of beer. So if you like this beer, then you would like this beer as well. You know, kind of giving people, a, I guess, an experience of your beer before they even taste it, you know, makes them feel more comfortable about trying it out or, you know, having a taste. And then, of course, there's food, there's recipes that you want to put out there where you mix your beer with different things. If you, if you know, there's a very unique process to the recipes that you have, put those out there. So those are definitely a few things that you can do. If you have collaborations with local nonprofits, make sure you put those out there. If you're doing something to help community building, also put those out there because you are so location based. It's important that people know that you are helping the community. You are giving back to them. So I think these are a few things that you can put in your highlights. So many good ideas. Hopefully people are taking notes. If not, go back, you know, (laughs) a couple of minutes and and bust out the notepad because there's some really great ones in there. Uh, You know, and I wanted to ask you about ideas for content. I think you just gave so many. Uh, So the the other question I want to ask you is like, do you give any, I mean, in your professional opinion, and and you guys have, you've done a lot of this. So do you give any credence to like the tactics of like going on and following accounts? So like, um, for example, uh, you know, if you go like Instagram growth and you look at this online, you know, a lot of these companies that do that, their tactic is they go and they follow a bunch of accounts that are, you know, your audience that you're going after. And the goal is that these folks follow you back. Right. Um, but then it kind of messes with your ratio. You've got a bunch of following and not a ton of followers. Eventually you can weed that down. Um, and, you know, and this is where I want to ask you about it. Cause it's kind of gets a little gray zone. Sometimes some people's opinion is that, well, that's not really best practice. Instagram doesn't like it that much. And some people say, well, it's pretty safe and it's, it's effective. In some cases I've seen it work. I've seen the case studies I've used this stuff in the past where, yeah, these, you go out and follow 300 people, you're going to get people that follow you back. Um, so, but is it, is it the best way or is there a better way? And, or, or what is your opinion on, on that tactic? So uh, my opinion on that tactic is no, absolutely not. (laughs) There is no gray area. (laughs) There is no gray area for me personally. It's an absolute no for many, many reasons. One, uh, for like, take, for example, if you are your customer and this brewery follows you and then they follow unfollow you after two weeks, you're going to feel a little weird about it. I mean, do you really want to leave that bad taste in your customers, potential customers? Yeah, now? it's a little awkward, right? You're like, you it's just awkward. used me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very awkward. So, yeah. and personally, Instagram does not allow, I think, more than 50. And there is, you know, instances where your profile doesn't really reach the maximum of reach that it should Wow, there's too many reaches in the sentence. <laughs> your profile does not um, reach many people because Instagram kind of marks your account as spam. That has happened before. It's happened mm-hmm. to me um, many, many times when I used to go comment. I used to go on a rampage in the beginning and just comment because these are tips that are out there. But personally, they did not work for me and they have not worked for my clients either. And I do not recommend them. However, there are a few good tactics that I Yeah, what are the safe to- ways? Yeah. The safe ways would be if someone is following you, okay, if you've seen someone follow you, what I would recommend is sending them a voice note saying hi. That is one of the most 
personal ways to actually get in touch with your potential customers. And if you think that sending a voice note individually is a little bit hard, if it's it's hard sometimes. If You're you saying send a, a voice note? Account, like an actual yes. like audio, like, hey, thanks. Like an, hey, thanks for following. Um, and then, you know, that's how you start a conversation with your followers. You build that conversation. Maybe they might, maybe they might not reply, but maybe some of them will say, hi, thanks. Thanks for this voice note. That's so sweet. And then there you go. You build a relationship. You can ask them, what kind of content are you looking for on our Instagram page? Or what kind of beer Love do you that. like? You know, starting a conversation with them is really, really important. And I think this is one of the best tactics that has worked for me, that has worked for many, many people that I have recommended it to as well. And of course, you know, voice notes, sending voice notes individually, because on Instagram, you don't have the feature where you can send audio, a pre-recorded audio. What you can do is pre-record a video of you and your team. I'm very specific about this. You and your team waving hello or saying hi and then sending that. It's just three seconds. And all you have to do is send those out to each follower who follows you. Yeah. No, that's That's brilliant. That's another good way. Brilliant. It takes a little bit of work and it's a little bit of personalized uh, attention uh, on you. and. It's a little grindy because you've got to get you know these folks you know you got to send this personal message to a lot of folks but man the emotional impact and resonance this person is going to feel like you personally touch them and you really you did and that's like that's that's fantastic great idea and I think one of the best things about this industry uh, Chris is the fact that a lot of your social media content and followers will actually come from your users from your followers, when they hmm. share it, when they like your posts, and they will only do that if they feel an emotional connection with you. So you might think that, okay, this is a lot of effort to send voice note personally or to send a video, but imagine the amount of impact that you are making because your followers, your potential customers are going to come from them, most likely, especially in this industry. So, you know, another way, another great marketing tactic is for a person who follows your account on Instagram, and maybe if they've replied to this voice note, maybe give them an incentive, you know, say, hey, come along this Friday and uh, show us this message and we'll give you a few free beer. You know, there are so many ways that you can inculcate an incentive. And then maybe if they were to tag your profile on their Instagram stories, or if they were at your brewery and then they tag and then they show it to you live. Maybe you give them an incentive, maybe a free beer or maybe a free appetizer, though I would highly recommend giving them a free beer, though. I think that's a better incentive. Free beer wins a lot of hearts and minds, yes. uh, yeah. for sure. So and give them an incentive. Love that. And what a good opportunity to you know, open up the conversation about other things that you're doing, too. So yes. you know, I think of breweries that have an event calendar or a food truck calendar or a loyalty program. And it's, Hey, I sent you this voice note. They reply. Thank you. Hey, did you know we have a loyalty program? Here's a link to it. If you want to sign up and get, you know, free beers in the future or something like that, that's, it's just a good way. I think the response rate of something like that is going to be so much stronger than if you ran an ad because I run ads all the time. And what's very difficult to do on Instagram and Facebook, especially is get people to take action on anything from an ad. So like, (laughs) but the personalized message that DM. Amazing. And by the way, oh, you're growing your account. Such man, dude, that's, I've never heard that before. And that is a gangster move for sure. I'm <laughs> going to start using that. That's a fantastic one. <laughs> yes. uh, well, well said. Um, that's, that's awesome. So like, I think there's a lot of things that you could do, right? Like 
you know, you're going to be following people. You're trying to grow your account. You're going to be absorbing a ton of content. Like you start to just get like super zoomed in. And if you're anything like me, like you start to get obsessed, right? Like I just started using TikTok a couple of months ago. Like I begrudgingly, I'm like, all right, I finally got to get over here and start checking this thing out. <laughs> and like, I get absorbed, like obsessed. All of a sudden I'm looking at TikToks. I'm trying to understand the platform. I'm trying to use it for my business and, and some other things. And like, I think that where I'm going with this is that like, now your work-life balance, your emotional balance, your balance with your other things you've got to do for the company. Yes. Like you start to feel more and more stressed. I think it's social platforms. If they're good at anything, they're good at making you feel anxious. And uh, the question now leading to the question I have for you is like, how do you balance that obsession, that balance with like dealing with these social pro- programs, needing to be on them all the time to connect with people and needing to live your life? Do you have any advice or, or stories on, on that balance or finding that balance? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I actually <laughs> suffered a massive burnout. I think this was in June 2020. Oh, God, Chris. So the thing is, as you said, there is so much pressure to be on social media. Like there is just so much focus to be. A- and basically, I'm also a marketer. And it's it's kind of ingrained in my mind that, hey, I have to only focus on marketing because that's my bread and butter. But when I became a business owner, I needed to make that mindset shift and say, hey, I'm not just a marketer. Uh, I'm also a business owner. There are administrative tasks. I need to be sending out proposals. There are so many like taxes. God, taxes was it's a whole different area there. And you know, so yeah. like, there's just so many things to do. So I think when I suffered this huge burnout in 2020, what I decided to do is um, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I like reverse engineering things. So what I started to do was I actually listed out that all my all of my tasks. Okay, I just listed them out. What were my tasks? I prioritized them. Like okay, well, administrative task number one. This is level ten priority. And then I made that list. I kept content creation out of that process because there's just I was not able to be objective about it. So I needed to take it out of the equation. Then once I prioritized all my tasks, I wrote down how many hours I needed for each of those tasks. I also took out time that I needed for my personal care, you know, self-care, time I needed to sleep, whatnot, all of those things. And whatever time I had left over, that was what I decided to be my content creation time. So if it was only three hours a week and I could only create maybe three reels a week, that would be my frequency. I would not go overboard and do maybe 15 or 20 like I used to do before. And I would Mm -hmm. work according to the time that I did have left instead of working to the time that I wanted and then fitting all of those other tasks into the time I had left. So I basically reversed it. And your your way of describing it, reverse engineering it is perfect. You know, you're like, I mean, that's the only way because there is just so much of focus on content creation. There's so much pressure to content create. And I I personally feel it too. And the only reason that I'm able to be on so many platforms, like I'm a Skillshare teacher, I'm on Etsy, I do digital products on Etsy. And then I'm on YouTube, I do Instagram reels, I do podcasts. The only reason I'm able to do this is because I fit it to the time I have left. And I make sure that the frequency that I am doing on these platforms is only to the time I have left. That's it. So some days, some months, yes, you're going to have more time for content creation. Some months you're not going to. So adjust your frequency accordingly. Got to prioritize too. I yes. think you said that. And that's that's huge, you know, is, is what's going to be important first. And, you know, when it comes back to the content portion, you know, you, you can create content that way. And I think that there's there's like a, 
like a fork in the road here too. I think that it's very important for breweries to create their own content, like the people that run the brewery to make their own content because you need to be human. It's awesome to see the behind the scenes stuff, but then there's kind of the marketing side of it too, where you've got to get promos out. You've got to run ads. There's stuff you've got to promote. And I think that fork in the road, like that's where hiring help is helpful too. It's like, Hey, look, you handle this stuff. But then that takes so much time and pressure off of what you're doing. Like you can now have fun with the content creation and, and kind of prioritize that portion of it instead of the, oh, I've got to get all this stuff out because I got, I'm running a business, you know? So um, I guess again, one, prioritize. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. One trick that I do have, Chris, at this point is try to incorporate your content creation into your day-to-day activities. Like for example, if there's an event happening in your brewery, just take a few shots, take a few videos, incorporate it into where you are at in your business, like where you are physically located just in and around you. And those hardly take five, six seconds. They don't take yeah. more than, okay, maybe not, not five, six, but 30 seconds, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to create one reel. And I think that's really helped me, you know, when I'm just sitting down working, I can just do a time lapse because it's not really getting into my work time, but at the same time, I'm simultaneously doing two tasks. So that has something that works for me. Yeah. And with the use of reels, it's the, like, I, I say this all the time is like, you know, you're forgiven with reels and stories too, of like quality of footage. You don't need to make this like super yes. polished masterpiece to have yes. a good reel. In fact, often it's better to have more of a behind the scenes kind of raw footage. Yes. And when you have that, you don't need to worry about, you know, all the production time. It's like, Hey, if you got something cool going on, like there's, I have to find the account because I found it before, but there is like a, an entire like Instagram and YouTube reels, TikTok, I think it is actually the one I heard about of like, they call them yeast poops, but it's like, like poop, like poop (laughs) out of your butt. But like that when you brew beer, there's like this yeast runoff, you have to pull out of the, pull out of the fermenter. And like, it looks like poop, but like somebody just videotaped that and like, it's blown up on these social accounts. And it's like, oh, why don't you just film some of that stuff as you're brewing? You're already doing it. So get it out there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think what image. looks mundane to you might actually be fascinating to someone else. And that's that's the whole point of social media these days. Yep, absolutely. Um, right on. So uh, I want to I want to ask you two more things, you know, and yes. be respectful of your time here. Uh, first one's a super fun one. Um, you know, are, are you a beer person? Do you like going to breweries or, or <laughs> checking out beer anywhere? You drink beer? I actually am a teetotaler, Chris, but I have visited a lot of breweries um, in, in the past couple of years. I think I've also been to Genesee, the one in Rochester. It was like 20 minutes from my place. And that's actually where nice. my fascination for breweries grew. So I have observed them over the years. And that's how I'm able to tell you about the marketing part of it. But uh, yeah, I'm a teetotaler. <laughs> and and as we as we have heard uh, from you, uh, you got like a photographic memory, basically. Yes. So, uh, you know, you, all these brews <laughs> you visited, you're there. Yes. What, what does it mean to be a teetotaler? You've mentioned that a couple of times. What, what does that mean? I'm unfamiliar. Oh, OK. It means I don't drink alcohol. Got it. Okay. That's, that's a a cool way of saying it. Um, Do you, are you aware of the non-alcoholic beer trends that are going on, uh, you know, around? Yes. I think Blake Lively's company, um, I think it's called Betty Buzz, if I'm not wrong. Yes. I've heard of those. Yes. Yes. And it's actually picking up in India too. Um, There's actually a, it's not a brewery, but it's a pub. They sell uh, non-alcoholic beers in Coke's. Yeah. So as someone who's, who's a teetotaler, uh, and doesn't drink beer, like this is actually kind of a, an interesting person to ask, like, 
does the non-alcoholic beer thing attract you? Like, would you drink a non-alcoholic beer or do you still stay away from it because it's, it's like beer? Well, I think I would, I haven't done it before, but I think I would be open to it. And I think that, um, from, I guess, uh, how would I say this? So growing up, I think I did feel a little bit left out when all of my friends used to drink. And I, you know, I personally, for various reasons, I don't drink. So, you know, if I were to have like a non-alcoholic beer in my hand, I think it would make me feel like I'm fitting in, in some sort of way. So yeah, wow. absolutely. Why not? That is exactly what these NA beer brands want to hear. They're like, yeah, this is for that kind of person for sure. So that's why I asked you that question. Okay. So um, tell us what you got going on. You know, if someone's listened to this and they're like, man, Prit is amazing. I want to connect with her. I want to learn more about her. Uh, What do you got going on in your world? So right now I'm a marketing strategy consultant. Um, That's what I do. My website is themarketingnomad.co. You can catch me on every single platform there is out there uh, as The Marketing Nomad, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then what else? YouTube, podcast. I give marketing tips on my podcast. I talk about life and mindset for business owners on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram as well. And I give fun behind the scenes about my life. I mean, I'm a pretty quirky person and I'm also very funny. So I love sharing bits of my life. Definitely do catch me on any of my social media platforms, reach out, say hello. I'm very friendly and I would love to get to know you. Tell tell me what you liked about Chris um, and Chris's episode. You know, let's start a conversation there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll make sure to put those links in the show notes for everyone as well. You also have a book coming out, right? Tell us about that. Okay, so the name of the book, and are you ready for this, Chris? It is Zero to Four Figures, Lessons Learned by a Broke CEO. And those are basically a compilation of my stories and lessons from the last three years of my digital entrepreneurship journey. It's got my story. It's got how I got out of a dark place, how I set up my business, marketing, business, money, all of those topics into one. Which would be so perfect, you know, for someone who I, I just keep coming back to this idea that someone who's starting at the brewery for yes. the first time, you know, they're getting ready to go on this journey and hearing yes. or reading uh, the story that somebody has, has been through, even though it's not directly related to a brewery, it's, it's very similar. You know, it's, you know, there's a, there's a common kind of like a cliche that entrepreneurs and CEOs and owners tend to be lonely people because it's like, you don't really have much to relate to. A lot of your friends don't do this stuff or your your friends that you've had your whole life don't. So you kind of end up in this, you know, group of not that many people. Um, So related to somebody else's story is, is huge. If you're open to it, um, I'd love to to give away one of your books uh, to somebody. Would you be down for that? Absolutely, Chris, let's do it. Sweet. All right. Um, We'll figure out the mechanics of it, but uh, we'll put the details on how to win a copy of Pritt's book. Uh, you know, in the post that we do for this and in, in the show notes, but uh, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. I'm sure someone will love it. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you guys Great. so much for listening all the way up until here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess uh, any other final comments before we, we wrap it up here and get you back to your day? Uh, I guess I would say, you know, it's not many people get to find passion in their lives and the fact that you have found it I think you owe it to yourself to see this through and don't worry, you've got this. I know it's a little scary, you know, starting your own company um, and you have no idea how to bring it to a place where you dream it will be someday, but you're going to get there step by step and I'm so sure of it. 
That's amazing. That's a perfect way to, to end it. Thank you again, Brett, for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Chris.